everyone. Welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day 26. And I have six listener stories for you lovely lot today. And story number one comes from Stella. My uncle Ozzy was a lighthouse keeper and was not a man who believed in the paranormal. One of the first lighthouses that he worked on in the 1950s was Longstone Lighthouse, which is located on the Farne Islands off the coast of Northumberland. It is famous as being the lighthouse from which Grace Darling and her father set out in a four-man cobble to rescue nine survivors of a shipwreck during the 19th century. Grace and her father were awarded a silver medal for their bravery, and Grace became a national heroine, but sadly died of tuberculosis at the age of 26. Trinity House, who runs the lighthouses, would have three keepers on the lighthouse to cover the eight-hour shifts, two months on the island and then a month off. The two keepers told my Uncle Ozzy that the ghost of Grace Darling haunted the lighthouse and that the door to her room, halfway up the tower, was always open. If he closed the door on his way up the stairs to put the light on, it would be open when he came back down. He did this, and sure enough, the door was open, but he was convinced that the other keepers were following him up the stairs to open it again. When they insisted that they were not, he made them all climb up to the light, closing the door on the way. As they made their way back down, the door was open. As I said, my Uncle Ozzy was not a man who believed in the paranormal and would scoff at any ghost stories, but he shared this one and said that he had no answer to it. As I was writing this, I looked up about haunting at Longstone Lighthouse, and sure enough, in the 1970s, two keepers claimed to have heard Grace walking around the engine room in the tower. Longstone Lighthouse became fully automated in 1990, but I think that if you went there, you would find the door to her room open still. And story number two comes from Anthony. So I was around 14 years old, and we had just gotten our first home PC, which I was obsessed with, and stayed on until the wee hours of the morning. It was around 3am, and I was sitting in the living room on the computer. To my right, away from the computer, was the main living room with a couch, a love seat, and a huge wall unit with our TV. It was quiet, other than the occasional click of the mouse until I heard a voice from the TV saying, come in, and I saw it flash on and off. I didn't think anything of it right away, until while I was still staring in that direction, a full figure wearing a green shirt and tan pants walked through the front door, stared directly at me with sad eyes, and walked directly towards me and turned down the hallway about three feet from where I was sitting. I leaned forward and watched him walk through my closed bedroom door and heard a loud thud. I slept in the living room that night. But that wasn't the weird or scary part. Around two days went by and my mom and my sister and I were all in the living room talking when there was a knock at the door. It was 11 o'clock at night but we turned on the porch light and answered the door. A tired and rather worn-out looking man stood in front of us that we had never seen before. He introduced himself and asked us a question that shocked me. Have you seen my friend, he said. He died in the room at the end of the hall and I had a dream of the night that he died. Now at this point I hadn't told anyone what I had seen thinking I was tired that night and my mom's face spoke volumes. When I came from behind her and I said, 
Was he wearing a green shirt and khakis? The man started crying. Yes, that's what he was wearing when he hung himself in the closet with a wire hanger. From there, it's a blur. I don't remember much more from that night, but I remember what he said when he left. I'm glad he's still around. Tell him I say hi next time. I lived there for 18 years and I've seen him on four separate occasions and it makes me sad thinking he's stuck there and I understand now why his eyes were so sad. And story number three comes from Kaylee. I was hesitant to write this story because as crazy of an experience as it was for my friend and I, I wasn't sure how it would come across on paper. However, I just listened to episode 30 of your 30 Days of Terror and one story was similar to mine. It has to do with Spotify and song manipulation. About a year ago, my best friend rented an Airbnb in northeast kingdom of Vermont for a long weekend. The house was an old farmhouse built in the late 1800s. I am a firm believer in all things paranormal, but have not had many first-hand experiences myself. I went into the weekend cautiously optimistic that something might occur, but also scared of that chance. On Saturday night after everyone went to sleep, my friend and I were in the kitchen having a couple of beers and listening to music. I was playing Spotify offline from my phone with my playlist on shuffle. We were mid-conversation and mid-song when the song changed to play With or Without You by U2. We looked at each other and laughed about how the ghosts were messing with us and carried on our conversation. A few minutes later and in the middle of a different song, With or Without You started playing again. At this point the two of us were getting spooked. I remember saying out loud that the house must be haunted. About five minutes went by and we were still talking and playing cards when all of a sudden the song changed to Haunted by Evanescence. I went to specify that during this time I was not touching my phone at all. It was on the table to my left. I want to also note that I do not have Siri set up on my phone and I never use any voice commands whatsoever. Once we got over being spooked by Haunted coming on, and continuing on with our conversation, my phone changed mid-song to a song called Haunt You by Social House. Up until this song, every song change had been songs from my playlist, so as paranormal as I was hoping it was, it could have been explained away as a glitch in the app or something along those lines. This song was not on my playlist. We were totally freaked out. We were scrambling to Google the lyrics to see if there were any hidden messages we should be taking from this. Then the lights above the table began to flicker. They continued to do so, on and off, for the remainder of this experience. Another few minutes went by and I was talking to my friend about empathy and how it's one of those traits that I am extremely lacking. We were laughing at my expense when the song once again changed mid-song to a song called Empathy by Audio Machine, another song that is not on my playlist. We listened for a while before changing it back to my playlist. It was an instrumental song that seemed very melancholy. Then my friend was hit with a wave of sadness out of nowhere. She started crying. We were both looking at each other, thinking what the hell is going on. I got up to use the bathroom, and on my way to the door, I yelled out, If there's really a ghost in here, play a song that will make Karen happy. And before I could even close the door, Happy by Pharrell Williams came on. By this time, we'd been sitting at the table for about an hour. We were completely spooked, but also very curious. 
I was contemplating pulling an all-nighter to see what else we could experience. At that time, we heard a loud bang on the kitchen door. It was my friend's boyfriend who was coming inside after spending a few hours by the fire pit. After our hearts started pounding with fright, we decided we'd better call it a night. It was an amazing experience that I will never forget. And story number four comes from Annie. My two young children and I live in a very old Scottish farm bothy, which is lovely but at times creepy as balls. Due to the fact that I couldn't give two shits about my appearance, I turned my mini walk-in wardrobe into a tiny office so I can shut myself in to study. My eldest son, who's six, likes to record himself as he often sees me harping on to WhatsApp audio to my friends throughout the day. On this day, I was on a work call in my room. He had shut himself into my office and was making little recordings. Our bothy used to be three cottages and was now split into two. Our garden was the old log stores and crumbling outdoor toilets. We live on the still working farm but this bothy would have belonged to the old farm workers a couple of hundred years ago and where my office is now would have been the old door leading to the communal bread oven at the end of the house. It's perpetually freezing and you always hear noises but nothing feels threatening and so we've always felt happy and cosy. When being forced to listen to his 27,000 very similar recordings at the end of the day, I heard this strange sound in the background. I replayed and turned up the volume. My youngest daughter screamed and started shaking, covering her ears and saying, Scary growling! This lass is ordinarily hardcore. I genuinely believed she would grow up to be villanelle, so her being frightened was totally out of the ordinary. This is the recording and the growl is about 17 seconds in. Overhearing his sister's distress, my son mooched over to listen. When he finished, he looked up at me with a wry smile. It turned out that it was, in fact, a rather juicy fart. If there was any evil entities in my tiny office, they would have been banished by the demonic gurgles omitted from my son. And story number five comes from May. Just a warning before I start that this story does have mention of mental illness, self-harm and suicide in it. And I'm going to jump in at the deep end. At the age of 12, I began a slow decline mentally and began self-harming. This went on until a few years ago and about a year after things got better for me, I moved out of my childhood home. Throughout the six years or so that I was in a bad place, I had a huge decline in mental state and looking back, a growing feeling of discomfort and bad vibes from being inside my home. To this day, although I feel a lot more in control of my emotions and have received the help that I need, I cannot stand to be in that house. Alone or not, it is not somewhere I feel comfortable. I hate it. When I was 13, my sister moved out, meaning I got to go from staying in the rubbish little room into her bigger room. 
Once I had changed rooms, I started noticing quite quickly that my old smaller room would always be cold. I never remembered it being like that when I was younger, but even with the heating on in the house, that room would always just be slightly colder. Because of this, I started joking to my mum that this was the haunted room. There was no real bad vibes in the room at first, it was just cold. My mum, being a total sceptic, put this coldness down to the room just not being used for anything. Whenever I would need to go in there, and be in there longer than a quick in and out, the light would start to flicker. Not noticeably like on and off, but just buzzing a bit. A bit strange. This was within the first year or so of my self-harm, and the start of my struggle with depression, which, linking with negative manifestation, I think is why there wasn't really a bad energy, just a strangeness that I couldn't shake off. Really, I don't know a lot about negative energy and things like that, and I'm not sure if this is just me trying to put things together to make some sort of sense. As I started getting older, like 17 or 18, I was in a really dark place. I really needed help, but I was too afraid to admit how much of a problem I was having, to the point that when I was 18, I attempted suicide. Up until this point, the whole house vibe was awful. Walking up the stairs, there was a little window looking into the haunted room. And I remember during these years, when I would walk upstairs, I always got an urge to look up to the window, but I never dared. For no reason, I was just like, I cannot look into that window. Almost like there was something drawing me to always have to check. But I never wanted to on the off chance there would be something looking back at me from inside the room. I also couldn't be alone in the house. If my mum and dad were out, I would take really long walks or ask my friends if I could go to their house. It was known by all my family and friends that I couldn't be home alone. They all thought it was just because I enjoyed company too much or it gave me a reason to see my mates. But the real reason was that the house just scared me too much. It could have been 10pm on a winter night and I would feel safer walking around the woods or my village alone than being in the house. If I did have to be home alone... I would always have all the lights on and the TV on loud just to make me feel okay. There was a couple of occasions around this time that were really strange. The light for the landing which lit up the staircase and the area between two of the bedrooms had two switches. One was at the bottom of the stairs and one was around a corner on the landing just outside the haunted room. I was once home alone maybe at around 8pm watching TV with all the lights on as per usual and I was about to walk out from the living room towards the kitchen. You had to walk past the bottom of the stairs to do this, and as I got out of the living room, the landing light turned off. Not just turned off, but I heard the light switch click, as if somebody had turned it off. I freaked. Tears and everything. I went back into the living room, shut the door, and muted the TV. My head instantly went, Fuck me, there's a demon in the house, and I'm its victim. But rational me said, okay, mute the TV, see if there's footsteps, and if there is, run. I listened for around 30 seconds, but nothing. At this point, I was having some sort of nervous breakdown, so I grabbed my phone and called my boyfriend, telling him I was about to be killed by some unknown species of ghost. Not that I was dramatic or anything. I couldn't even listen to his rational explanation. I just told him I was locking up and coming down to his to stay over for the night because I didn't want to die at the hands of some paranormal shit. The next day, when we went back, the light was still off, but the rest of the house lights were on, thanks to me panicking and not turning any off. We tried the switch, and the light turned on. There was no bulb gone, 
My boyfriend explained it was probably just a faulty bulb and changed it. This never happened, but the sound of the switch going still creeps me out. Another story from being home alone was when my mum and dad went to South Africa. I'd been at work all day, and the only thing in my house was my cat. I'd closed all the doors to the bedrooms upstairs because Dorothy, our cat, wasn't allowed in them when there was nobody else in the house. I got home and all was fine. The house vibe was awful, but at that point it was normal to just instantly be hit with an uncomfortable eerie feeling. I turned on the lights and the TV and walked upstairs to get changed. My room door was still closed as I left it, but when I opened it it felt so off. I turned the light on and did a bit of a scan around the room before going in, just in case there was something lurking around a corner. Things seemed fine, so I walked in and turned to where my drawers were. At the side of my drawer, there was a little gap I used to shove bags and stuff down there as a naff version of storage. Every single bag I had shoved in the gap had been dragged out and spread along the carpet. My heart sank when I saw it. I must have gone pale, I was terrified. I just froze looking at it thinking, could they have fallen? Did I knock them before I left this morning? But none of that made sense because they'd never fallen before and the way they were spread out looked like somebody had pulled them and thrown them slightly away. I've never gotten out of my house quicker. I grabbed a couple of essentials, Dorothy and some cat food, got in the car and drove to my boyfriend's again and we stayed for a few nights before I built up the courage with him to go back and investigate the house. The bags were still there. Nothing else happened, so we put it down to somehow they had fallen and carried on. It still makes my heart sink just thinking about it. It was so weird. I used to have a recurring dream that I'd go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. As I'd be in the bathroom, the door next to me would start closing, and behind the door there would be a dark figure. The more and more I had these dreams, the more the door would shut, and the more I could tell there was a person standing behind the door. Each time this would happen, I would wake up sweating and crying and just in a bad way. I had this dream so often as I got older, but only when I was actually staying at home. Now I've moved out, I haven't had the dream since. Other than just really bad feelings of being watched or on edge for no reason, nothing else physically happened. To tie this in with my original point about negative energy, my other family members who lived in that home never experienced anything like this. They all love our childhood home and only ever feel warm and comfortable and very pleasant home vibes. And whenever these strange things would happen, I had always had a noticeable rough week. Hence, I just feel like because I was suffering, I was putting out some crazy bad vibes and this manifested into some weird stuff happening to me. To this day, my mum and dad still live in that house, and whenever I visit, I'm still uncomfortable and uneasy. I haven't spent the night there for a while and I avoid it at all costs. Could I be right in thinking I was projecting some bad energy out with suffering at home and I was getting back what I was putting out? Or could my old home really have been haunted? I'm not sure, but I like to think it was some physical representation the universe was giving me about my depression and intrusive thoughts, and now they're gone and I'm better. The weird shit has stopped. And story number six comes from Bruna. As a kid, I would see things or people that had no explanation being there, like a blonde little boy I'd never seen before, sitting on top of furniture in our laundry room, 
or weird flying bugs in my bedroom when I woke up in the middle of the night. No one seemed to see the things that I saw. My parents used to say I had an overactive imagination, so I just assumed I was imagining things. That was until I was around 10 years old. That night I was leaving my bedroom with my best friend to go to our ballet class. As we left the room I glanced towards my parents' bedroom door and saw a small creature. It was around one metre tall and it looked like a gnome. Its skin was thick, grey and leathery. I blinked and it was still there just looking at me without moving. I don't remember seeing its eyes but I remember knowing it was looking at me and how it made my heart race. My friend hadn't seen anything and kept walking while I stood there staring at it. After a few seconds I decided I was imagining it and went to the living room not looking back. I was terrified. My grandma lived in another state and was visiting us that month. Something in my expression was probably off because after looking at me my grandma left the living room and went towards the bedrooms only to come back a few seconds later. She looked at me and asked, Did you see that? Contrary to what you may expect, she seemed surprised, almost amused. I told her I did, and she responded, Okay, go to your class, I'll take care of it. She told me later it was a demon and that it was gone and I never saw it again. My grandma was a very religious Christian. The way she would talk about God and Jesus is to this day one of the sweetest ways I've ever seen a religious person talking about their faith. A couple of years later, I was probably around 12, I was watching TV at night when I saw a little boy walking between me and the TV. I watched as he walked across the room and sat under the table. He seemed to be around 7 years old. He had dark hair, dark clothes and very light skin. It was late and there was no reason for a random kid to be there. By then, I somewhat accepted that sometimes I would see supernatural stuff, whatever you may call it, and thought it was probably just that. I stopped looking at it after a few seconds, turned back to the TV, and when I looked again later, he was gone. After that, I would see him passing by in my peripheral vision, but since it didn't scare me, I would just ignore it. It didn't bother me at all. Sometimes later, both my grandma and my godmother were visiting. They were chatting in the laundry room, and my grandma called me. She said something like, Let me ask her, I know she can see it too. And then turning to me, she said, Have you seen a little boy walking around? I said I had, and they told me they had just watched it walking into the guest room. They described him exactly the same way that I had seen him. Years later, when I was 16, I started having sleep paralysis. I saw, heard and felt a lot of weird things during these episodes. It would happen almost every night for months, but I won't share these experiences because I believe they're explained as just that, sleep paralysis. Around the same time, though, I started to see a very white woman with long dark hair walking around the house. I never saw it directly. It was always in my peripheral vision, but every single time I saw it, it gave me a bad feeling. It was heavy, and it made me scared. I told myself it was probably just my hair, and that my mind was playing tricks on me since I wasn't sleeping so well. I started tying my hair up, but that didn't change anything. When my grandma came to visit some time later, I wasn't surprised when she asked me on her very first day there if I'd seen a woman with long dark hair. I told her I had and she told me she would pray for us in our house. Later, she said to me, 
it won't disturb your sleep anymore. I hadn't told her about the sleep paralysis, but I guess anyone could tell that I just wasn't sleeping okay. My grandma passed away one week before my 18th birthday. I miss her more than I can express. She was brave, strong and absolutely kind. I wish she was still alive so she could tell me more about her beliefs and the things that she saw. I have more stories with her, but I'm going to give you just one more. When I was eight, we were moving from the south of Brazil to its capital, Brasilia. We went to the state of Rio to visit my grandmother, and after a few weeks with her, we went to the state of Sao Paulo to visit some other relatives. Instead of going to our new home, my parents decided it would be nice to go back to Rio and surprise her with a couple of more days together. I always got car sick, and after three hours in the car, I asked my parents how much time left until we got to Grandma Lena's house. The radio was on, and my mom turned it down, asking me to repeat myself. Once I did, she said, Oh honey, we're only halfway there. It's going to take another three hours until we get there. She went to turn the radio back up and it was just static. That wasn't unusual since we were in the middle of nowhere, so she just turned it off. Hours later, once we got there, My grandma was happy to see us. My mom said she didn't seem surprised, to which my grandma answered, Oh, I knew you guys were coming. I heard when Bruna asked how long it would take you all to get there. Also, if you need some CDs for the trip, I have some. You know it's mostly static on those highways. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Stella, Anthony, Kaylee, Annie, May and Bruna for sending in your stories. And just to give you an update, the last story was from November the 8th, 2020. And if you would like to send your story in, you can do so by emailing it to Podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, Podcast.com. And on that note, we shall see you tomorrow.